The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Mari has grown her two fitness and nutrition brands. Co-founder of Bloom Nutrition. Forbes 30 under 30 list. A successful entrepreneur. Someone who has lost 90 pounds. Today's guest is Mari Llewellyn. Mari Llewellyn. My friend Mari. Welcome to the Pursuit of Wellness. Guys, welcome back to the Pursuit of Wellness podcast. Today we have our first ever roundtable episode. I have two guests with me and friends of mine who I consider to be super on the pulse when it comes to health and wellness, Max Lugavere and Crosby Taylor. We are going to cover a number of interesting topics today. But first, do you guys mind introducing yourselves? Tell us who you are and your involvement in the health industry. Sure. I guess I'll go first. My name is Max Lugavere. I'm a health and science journalist. I am an author. I've written a number of books, Genius Foods, The Genius Life, Genius Kitchen, I host a podcast called The Genius Life, and I do a lot of education and advocacy around nutrition, holistic health, as it pertains to lengthening collectively our health spans and our lifespans. Amazing. Oh, it's a really, really good intro. (laughs) I I don't know if I can follow that. (laughs) I'm Crosby Taylor. My health journey started about 10 years ago. I had a lot of different gut issues, so... Embarking into the health field for me was all about fixing my gut and in that, you know, healing my health in that kind of way. So that kind of brought me into places where I was a Chinese herbalist. I I got certified as a junior herbalist. I started personal training and have a background and, and consider myself a fitness expert. And I also then started making foods that wouldn't be inflammatory and hurt my stomach. So that turned into my segue to making healthy desserts. So I have a dessert company, uh, founded a company called Crosby's Baking Co. We make gluten, grain, refined sugar-free desserts. And we also exclude things like almond flour and seed oils, which I think can be inflammatory, definitely eaten in excess. And now it's just kind of for me all about spreading the word for health and wellness uh, through my Instagram channel and within my business. Amazing, and how do you guys know each other? Actually, it's kind of a funny story. We met when, as I mentioned, I've been a journalist my entire professional career. And about 10 years ago, I transitioned to focus exclusively on health science. And around that time, I had yet to publish any of my books or build the platform that I that I have now. And I was essentially hired to cover uh, an event, a big sort of like health and wellness biohacking event for Yahoo, which you know, yahoo.com, big sort of news portal. And I was actually one of the people that I was tasked to interview was Crosby. And so I was like literally <laughs> Yahoo there. Health, right? What? Yeah, it was yeah, Yahoo Health, yeah. Yeah, and so I was like interviewing him about his desserts, which yeah. at the time, I mean, I think now we take for granted the fact that you can find sugar-free, quote unquote, keto, better for you desserts fairly commonly. Mm. I mean, here in LA, they're super easy to find. But at the time, he, I mean, Crosby is definitely very much a pioneer in that space. He was making some of the best blondies, brownies, cookies that you'd ever have. You would never be able to tell that they were sugar-free and grain-free, which is sort of like a hallmark of, you know, staple of like his bakery products. Yeah, and I thought Max was pretty famous at the time. So I was like, wow, this is Max is pretty famous. He's a lot more famous now, but even then, that was like eight year, eight, yeah, eight, eight years to, ago. Eight to, to it was at the ago. Bulletproof Conference, the first ever Bulletproof Conference, I think. Yeah, in Pasadena. In Pasadena, yeah. You were and speaking, I was working, right? I was speaking because uh, I was the first ambassador for Dave Asprey for Bulletproof. Like before it oh, was wow. a massive brand, he had like 
the butter coffee, that was it. Before the supplements and everything, he was only using, you know, the, the butter and the MCT oil and he had his coffee. And uh, I like latched onto it pretty quick mm. and I really loved it. And so we started chatting on Instagram when things weren't as big and Dave wasn't, you know, massive. And I became like this first ambassador of- As of, an influencer? It was like before influencers. Yeah. We were called ambassadors then. Wow. They weren't. I just got free stuff. I didn't get paid to like talk about Bulletproof. You at that point though had already had a following. I had a, yeah, I had a decent following. I had friends that were in the Vine space. Mm -hmm. When Vine was big, I'd get desserts to these people. Your audience is probably going to be like, what's Vine? <laughs> I know, but they, they are my age, so I think they'll remember. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Gen Z would be like, huh? Like, what is... Well, TikTok's like the new Vine. It is the new Vine, yeah. But yeah, so, so then uh, it turned into kind of a, a big friendship after that. I think we ran into each other at Air One. Yeah. Uh, like a week later. Classic. And then yeah. He was like, yo, <laughs> conference. <laughs> Men are so funny. Like, BFFs imagine if girls life. made friends that way. <laughs> so I want to talk about a number of topics because I feel like whenever I see you guys, we're all trying something new. We're on a new health wave. We found something new. So let's dive in. I want to start with exercise. So I talk about nutrition a lot, but I also get tons of questions about exercise. So I've run into both of you at Gold's gym before, the Mecca. Oh, yeah. You get after it there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Every day. Love it. 6 a.m. Yeah. Full body training, not That's just That's why I never body. see you because you're an afternoon guy. Yeah, you're early morning. Yeah, yeah. 6 a.m. Fiona are in there at crack of dawn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> crack of ass, as I say. <laughs> so what are your current workout routines? Yeah, I've always been really into weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that I've never been particularly strong or I've never been an athlete. I just really like the... The competition that I get to have with myself in the gym. And it's also a time for me to, it's meditative for me in the sense that I, I have to be really present when you're lifting weights. I mean, on a treadmill, walking or running, you can kind of zone out a little bit. But if you're not there present with the weight, I guess it's a form of meditation. And I genuinely really enjoy it. And so my approach, I think for a long time has been essentially like a bodybuilding approach. I don't really like low repetition lifts. I have a, a degree of aversion to it. I definitely dip into those lower rep ranges occasionally, which is thought to be better for, for building strength. But I tend to have a more bodybuilding style routine. And I've gotten really focused lately. There's a lot of really good and interesting research now coming out from the field of, of exercise science. So I feel like I've been in a space where I've really dialed in my, my workouts as of late. A few of the things that I've been really leaning into is one, longer rest periods. I think a lot of people have this idea that your rest periods should be really short, but actually that kind of turns your workouts into more, and I think there's a time and place for it, but it turns your workouts into a more cardio style effort. And for you to really reap the most benefit from a strength and hypertrophy pr perspective, there is benefit to actually like having a longer rest period. So that's been something that I've been toying with. And then also there's a lot of research now and a lot of people talking and you know, specifically about tension under load so like really accentuating the, the eccentric portion of the lift. So when your muscle is at its most lengthened, mm. seems to be where you get a lot of like bang for your buck in terms of like a hypertrophy effect. Does that mean on the way down? Muscle growth. Yeah, it means on the way down. If you think about doing a curl when your arm is at full extension mm -hmm. or when you're doing a squat when your butt is like almost to the floor because that's yeah. when your glute is at its most lengthened state. And so there seems to be a benefit to 
kind of pausing there and really feeling into that portion of the lift, as opposed to counterintuitively when the muscle is more contracted and in its, in its shortened state. So I've been really focusing on those portions of my lifts and I've seen some pretty epic progress. I have always wondered why laundry detergent comes in those massive plastic jugs. It is so inconvenient. It takes up so much space. It's not great for the environment. And I feel like whenever I'm going from place to place, I'm lugging around these massive containers. And fortunately, I recently found a solution called Earth Breeze. They look like a dryer sheet, but they're actually a liquidless laundry detergent sheet that dissolves 100% in any wash cycle, hot, cold, no measuring, no mess, and no heavy lifting, and no plastic jug. This has been amazing for Greg and I. We go through clothes like crazy because we both work out so much. We sweat. I go horseback riding. He goes biking. We are kind of a sweaty household. So Earth Breeze has really come in handy for us. The packaging is lightweight and biodegradable. You can save so much space and it's also great for the environment. I also didn't realize how sensitive my skin was when it came to old-fashioned laundry detergent. Earth Breeze is dermatologist tested, which we love. You guys know I've been through the ringer with my skin, so this is really important to me. And you can also order these on subscription, which makes it so easy. And most importantly, you still get a powerful clean. Earth Breeze is tough on stains, fights odors, and my clothes come out clean every single time. So trust me, there is no reason not to switch. Right now, my listeners can subscribe to Earth Breeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash pow to get started. That's earthbreeze.com slash pow for 40% off. Earthbreeze.com slash pow. With having such a busy schedule, as I know so many of us do, meal prep is so helpful when it comes to eating healthy. And it also allows me and my husband to have time by ourselves in the evening to relax and eat together. And that's where we found Green Chef, which is also owned by HelloFresh, which you guys have heard me talk about before. Green Chef has a variety of options, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. They have a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Greg and I have found such delicious options with this meal prep. We personally love the shrimp and kale Caesar salad. Highly recommend you guys try it. If you are looking to build healthier eating habits this fall, I would say this is a great option for you. There's so much to choose from and things for the whole family. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating clean. Feel your best during the busiest season. I know that September is a big back to school month, back to work month for everyone. So I highly recommend checking it out. You can feel your best with nutritionist approved recipes, including calorie smart meals under 700 calories, protein packed meals with at least 40 grams of protein on average, science backed Mediterranean recipes and flavorful plant rich vegan and vegetarian meals. They deliver everything you need to eat clean in an easy way this September. So go to greenchef.com slash pow60 and use code pow60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Go to greenchef.com slash pow60 and use code pow60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Are you doing cardio separately then? Yeah, but I'm not a big cardio. I do a lot of walking. Mm -hmm. Walking is by far my favorite form of cardio. And then I'll do some light running, which I think is zone two. 
So it's like a, a jog just faster than a brisk walk for me is very sustainable, but I don't do any, I don't do a lot of cardio beyond that. Do you have a goal of how many steps you want to get each day? I mean, I know there's debate about the ideal number. I think 10,000 has been recognized as an arbitrary goal, but just to like throw some data at it, there was a meta-analysis that came out recently that found that for younger people, anywhere between seven and 10,000 steps a day is generally in that range of optimal. Mm -hmm. And I personally, I know that I feel way better. I just, you know, subjectively, end of one, I feel great when I'm able to walk more. I was in London recently. We were talking about this when you were on my show. So and shredded there? So shredded. <laughs> 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 Crosby and I were talking about this last night. When you're in New York, cities where you can like just take off on foot. The best. <laughs> it's the best. You, I mean, you have so much wider of a buffer for what you can eat basically. Ah. And you just end up shredded. After every meal, I think going on walks for digestion yeah. is incredible. It's amazing for blood sugar balance all that yeah, it's so huge. good yeah we that's actually why people in new york and london in these like bigger cities that you have to walk like i love it they stay lean regardless of their yeah extracurricular activities they're, exactly they're at dinner by 9 10 yeah you know which is but crazy we would never do that all day yeah so it's not affecting them as much as somebody that's like sedentary in los angeles for the whole day and then they eat at 10 like that's not great. la is tough that's the, the worst in. part of LA, in my view, yeah. is the fact that it's so difficult to walk. You have to be so intentional. I just end up going in loops around yeah. my neighborhood. Yeah. Okay, Crosby. Yeah, so I'm kind of the opposite of Max in terms of my background. I played sports my whole life. I was a football player in college. We did very strenuous workouts and exercises like all day long. We're doing 6 a.m. lift, and then we got to come back for like a three-hour practice at the end of the day. Cardio in the morning sometimes, but like four or five in the morning, we're running, you know, two, three miles. So I grew up putting a lot of like basically damage on my body in my early stages. And it turned into some like slightly chronic festering injuries that I had that weren't like, oh, I can't do anything. But it was always something like, oh, it's just a little bit weaker or like my psoas is, I don't know if you're familiar with the psoas muscle, but it operates in a way to where like it affects a lot of other muscles and when that is wrecked and like tight it's tough to really do anything like i haven't done core workouts for years oh, wow. because instead of planks just because that muscle it responds a lot differently like right away like it'll create inflammation if i'm doing too much core stuff or like too heavy of like squatting like any of those kind of ranges of motion can definitely affect the psoas muscle so as I got older, I started to turn to like low impact approaches to working out. I even, it's hilarious, but I even got contracted to do a low impact workout DVD Ooh. in London. Wow. <laughs> do you remember that when yeah, that came yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, And uh, I might even have it. You have Wait, it for sure. Wait, how old are both of you guys, by the way? I'm 41. I'm 38. Guys, this is crazy. Like, I would have thought you guys were like late 20s, early 30s. So we should listen to these people is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think a lot of that's just like, we don't, neither of us really drink alcohol. Oh, like we're going to get into that yeah. for sure. That's like a huge one for aging, I think. Yeah. I mean, I definitely did drink a lot earlier on. You in, did? In life. Yeah. But I probably stopped. My college years like was like the worst. But ever since I was probably 25 years old, I don't really. Yeah. I used really to go drink. crazy and I kind of have like a guilt around it. So now <laughs> I'm really careful with when I drink. Yeah. But anyway, continue. So now my approach is like Max, more of a bodybuilding approach, but in isolation form too, so that I'm not like kind of uh, bringing in the psoas to a lot of different lifts. Mm -hmm. So I have like certain splits, like bodybuilding splits, but 
For Can you tell us what part. they are? Because I know people are going to ask. <laughs> my splits are chest and arms, mm-hmm. back and shoulders, and then legs. So you are training legs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Half, like, yeah, major glute workouts. Kay. Don't skip leg day. Yeah. I think a lot of men skip leg day. Do you skip leg day, Max? Never. No. Okay, I think great. less and less now, though. They're really? realizing how important. Yeah, well, there's so many studies talking about how leg workouts are so important for, like, growth hormone activity and boost, you know. So men want that, too. They're not, like just building their upper body and and how many days a week are you both weight training i weight train probably five days a week mm-hmm. i love it i mean I, I really love it and just to add to the leg day thing i think for me the turning point when i really started to enjoy leg day was understanding that we're all biomechanically different and i think one of the problems that you get with the fitness community particularly online is you know, people see these really jacked people on social media now doing all kinds of crazy lifts with a focus generally around squatting and deadlifting and perpetuating this idea, whether they're doing it wittingly or not, that you've got to squat and deadlift to get the body of your dreams, so to speak. But everybody's different. And I've never been able to deadlift properly, even under the watchful eye of people who really know what they're doing. I'm in pain days afterwards, whether or not it hurts in the moment. I have like chronic low back issues. So for me, it was really about Mm self-experimentation and finding the workouts like that work best for me. And, And after finding them, I really enjoy doing it. So for one, like the Bulgarian split squat is something that doesn't irritate my back at all. Great and lift. it feels great. Yeah. Those are gnarly, though. Fantastic They're gnarly, lift. but I don't do back squats. I don't deadlift. That's I, my favorite glute workout, for sure. Bulgarian and great for women, squat. too. Amazing. Mm. Because 95% of my audience is women, so I know they're going to have questions. I love the Bulgarian split squat. So good. But I agree 100%, Max. I think online, especially for women, a lot of the girls in the fitness industry are short. And if you come in as a taller girl, it can be confusing, I think, mm. because they just grow muscle in a different way. Of course. Like the squat is completely different. I personally love a hip thrust. I think those are great. And I love lunging. Mm-hmm. But everyone's different. Everyone's different. Yeah. Yeah. The body types, you know, you're probably more of at this point now, you're probably more of an ectomorph. What does that mean? It means that you probably are you stay leaner now mm-hmm. and, yes. and longer. You're tall your food's going to be differently for your gains as well. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like mesomorphs that you're kind of talking about that are a little bit more compact, yeah, they're going to be the type of, you know, person that works out that can grow muscle quickly. And they kind of have to watch out for more of like the fat gain. Mm, so, because yeah. if they overeat certain things, but there's a lot, tons of guides out there now. A lot of people are like putting those three things together, endomorph, ectomorph, mesomorph, as their like parameters for, hey guys, come train with me. Like these are the three body types. Like what do you fall under? And then here's your training regimen. Here's your dietary regimen for this. Here's how you could supplement, which it works in a lot of ways, but I don't think it's end all be all. And a lot of the time too, like a lot of these people are not really preaching the greatest nutrition when it comes to, the level that we would like to be eating when it comes to like organic or wild or this. It's just like macros. Right. Which is what I love about podcasts. I think it's a great opportunity to speak with experts and have people wherever they are with whatever their knowledge level, be able to tune in and learn more. Mm -hmm. With nutrition, I want to talk about your pre and post workout rituals. What are we eating? What supplements are we taking? Max, you want to start? 
Yeah, I definitely have leaned into the pre-workout and even intra-workout carbohydrates as of late. I think when I first started, there was a period where I was very much, much more of a, of a carbophobe. Huge I, carbophobe. I wouldn't say huge. I just... I was too at some point. I was like, when, when the bulletproof thing was happening, I was like very keto at times. I'm, I, a, I'm a carbophobe. Yeah. Eating I'm lots not, of vegetables I'm and lots of fats. I'm not afraid of them. I'm just like... And I was wrecked. I prefer to not. Yeah. At the I, moment. I think people need to know that carbs don't necessarily make you fat. Carbs are not in, inherently fattening. And not only that, but they can be an incredibly powerful tool to use to have better workouts. The better your workouts are, the more muscle, the more you're going to divert any excess of calories into processes that promote muscle growth. And so I love carbohydrates now pre-workout. I have more energy in the gym. And that ends up having all these downstream effects that help you ultimately burn more fat. So carbs pre-workout are incredible. I've been like really leaning into whether it's fruit like bananas or I've even been like experimenting with some overnight oats, which I really enjoy, which if you would have asked me five years ago, my thoughts on oatmeal, I would have basically called them little more than glorified cattle feed. But, but now I feel like they're actually a really powerful functional food to be used for that purpose as a performance enhancing tool. And so I'll do some carbs pre-workout. I'll do some protein pre-workout, whether in the form of a protein shake or some eggs. I really like casein protein lately. So I think whey is fantastic, but ultimately whatever protein you, you like is fine. But lately I've been enjoying casein, which is a much slower digesting protein. And then if I'm eating something pre-workout, I don't necessarily feel like I need to run to eat protein post-workout because that idea of the anabolic window has been sort of New research has come out showing that it's kind of a myth. You that thirty-minute window. Yeah, I mean, when I was when I first started training twenty-something years ago, I thought, like many did, that if you didn't eat protein immediately post-workout, all gains were lost. Right? It was like a sprint home. Like. <laughs> sprint home to get that protein shake, you know. Yeah. Uh, but now I think we know, particularly if you've got amino acids in circulation from a prior meal, there's really no rush. So I'll, you know, at some point make my way over to where I, a place to get lunch or I'll go home and cook something. But I don't, I no longer feel that, that sense of urgency. But you're then, not waiting like two hours. But I'm not, yeah, I mean. You're still Crosby's eating. Crosby's like. <laughs> I mean, but you're I still eating within an hour of the workout. Yeah, but yeah. even if I had a meal pre-workout, I would wait an hour, hour and a half, two hours. There's a, the, the point is you have a lot more flexibility, which I think is empowering to eat, to consume that protein. So yeah, ultimately think, what matters is like the amount of protein that you're consu consuming over a 24-hour period. Are you hitting your protein goal? So you, don't can, th you don't think that when you go through a really heavy lift and you're breaking the muscle tissue down extremely in that lift, even if you had some carbs and protein pre and during, that you wouldn't want to go get some food within an hour of that, that training? Because yeah. I personally feel inflamed if I wait too long. Hmm. Because I feel very like catabolic. I feel like I'm my body's just breaking down. Do you yeah. think that's mental? But I'm mental? also very lean. So I think that, no, it's not mental because I can literally feel it in my stomach. Oh, wow. Like an inflammatory like feeling that I need to like replenish my system from. But maybe it's because I'm at a, like a point in my body composition that there's like not a ton of room. Mm -hmm. How long are you training to for? To like not have food for a certain amount of time because I operate very yeah. low body fat. So like... I have to, like, it's like have to eat, mm. but I'm not like, Greg like is said, the same way. Yeah, I will I'm say I'm not rushing to 
force myself a protein shake within 10 minutes of like my last lift because there's also something about the your stress hormone post workout you still have a little bit of you know if you've done a some heavy training there's some cortisol there and you're there's a valve in your stomach that could actually close up if you're too stressed right after a workout that you're not going to absorb the nutrients anyway so it's better to like be calm mm. have like do some you know be breathing properly half half an hour 45 minutes later an hour later go get your next go get your meal and eat it calmly as opposed to like in this rush state which most people do they they get done with a workout and they have to rush to work or whatever and they're like force feeding their next meal yeah and then a lot of the time that can cause a lot of stomach upset because it's not going to actually digest as properly as it should in terms of like the anabolic catabolic response for me like i can actually notice post-workout if I don't get enough food that I feel way flatter. Mm. Greg is the same way. And if I eat a decent amount of carbs and protein and I get my like those good nutrients to replenish like glycogen and to help me recover better with the amino acids that I get, then I can tell that I feel like denser and fuller within 45 minutes of my training. I think what you said about eating in the sympathetic mode is so true. I think yeah. so many people rush, they're on the laptop, they're driving, they're eating in this like panic state and it creates digestion issues. I've been really mm. conscious about it lately and putting my phone away and just like breathing before I eat. Yeah. I think so many people could do that. Also just want to comment on the oats because I don't know if you guys saw, I just did an interview with Paul Saladino. Hates, <sighs> he hates them, I bet. He hates oats. And we were talking about glyphosate and the effects of oats on gut health. I want to hear your guys' take. There is a apparently 100% glyphosate-free I have them. Zigo. Zigo. Mm -hmm. they I have them too. Yeah. They're great. They taste great. I, I'll eat some oats here and there too. I don't like to eat a ton of carbs before I train for some reason. Like it just... I think Max has better digestion than me and he's able to like break down food a little bit better because of my gut issues from the past. Like if I eat a bunch of carbs, I feel like I don't even want to go to the gym. That's how I feel. Like I just feel like tired and don't yeah. want to go. But I still do get some carbs. Like I'll, I'll bodybuild it and put in like a carb, a very fine like carb powder that's like specific for training. Mm. Is it cold? Do you know? They're like cyclic dextrin type powders that are made from like potato and rice mm -hmm. but they're they absorb differently so like you don't get this like crazy blood sugar spike actually it's a, kind of proven that you don't get any blood sugar spike it's more of just like a f carb that fills the muscle tissue when you're training so i'll still get some carbs like in a drink but i'll make like a pre-workout drink after i have i have like a protein coffee in the morning i have been doing this for with butter I still do the butter. Mm. I don't do the the coconut oil or MCT oil anymore. I so just do the butter. So you've been a butter fan. Yeah. You never stopped. Never stopped. He's probably the biggest butter fan I know. You're probably like the OG butter influencer. <laughs> he really I, is. <laughs> I I'm a I'm dairy I'm very dairy friendly and we're gonna diet. talk yeah. about that for sure. But, but yeah, so I'll have my protein coffee, which I'll throw like certain things in it: glycine, lion's mane, inositol, like certain things that are gonna activate the coffee a little better, and also. I'll take certain supplements while I have my coffee, like ashwagandha and certain things, because I can't drink coffee more than once a day. Mm. Like I'll get spun out if I drink a coffee at 4 p.m. So in the way that that works with the protein and the fat is it slows the absorption of the caffeine. I feel way more steady and focused as opposed to like jittery, right? 
So then I'll work on my company and do certain content stuff, whatever I'm doing in the morning for two to three hours before I'm even having my next thing, which is my pre-workout drink before the gym. And I'll have it with like half a banana or a whole banana, depending on my, my training to get a little bit of sugar with the amount of amino acids, because I'll take two, three scoops of essential amino acids powder in my drink, along with like creatine and cordyceps and electrolytes. And I'll like soup up this pre-workout drink, like make my own thing. Healer's tea, which I brought for you guys to try. I'm so excited. Dendrobium stem. We have it next uh, to us. Wait, tell is, us about that. Which is really, really, really incredible stuff. And not a lot of people know about it. I've kind of tried to explain this to a lot of people that are like, I'm all constantly dehydrated. Like, what should I do? Say the name of it again. This product's called Healer's Tea by Dragon Herbs. It's an herb shop that I used to work for back back in the day. That's where I kind of like got certified. Oh my God, that tastes so interesting. It tastes good. Is this for me? Yeah, try it. Yeah. Whoa. And the main ingredient is something called dendro dendrobium stem. And Dendrobium stem is incredible because wow, it's, it's an astringent and holder of our fluids, which are very important for our vitality, our skin complexion, our sexual energy, like men that are having a lot of sex and releasing mm -hmm. a, a lot of the time. This is like quintessential What about for because women? it's going to replenish that type of energy for them. Like core yin jing energy is this is the number one thing that you could be drinking for women too. Women don't have the same problem as men when it comes to s sexual function like that. Like you guys actually gain energy from orgasm, but most people are chronically dehydrated. And these complexion days. we love. And mm. of course it's a beauty tonic. It's an anti-aging tonic. Anything that like revitalizes the body on a deep level, like deep mineral level and also holding because a lot of us like sweat a lot or pee a lot or like release our fluids in a lot of way throughout the day. This helps to like lock them in more. Mm. I love to put this in my, my drink too, because I like my body's like constantly getting rid of fluids, like sweat. Like, I feel like I, I pee pretty often. Like, I think that there's something in the anabolic nature of that, mm. that you do that more often. I pee a lot too. Yeah. So same. I wonder if that's something with what's yeah, wrong I, with I, us. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like no, me on also, a plane. It's also like our hmm. systems are probably designed well to excrete hmm. excess toxins like often throughout the day, especially if you're taking a lot of different supplements that help detoxification. Right. I wake up with glutathione like every morning. Like mm -hmm. that's definitely going to be. Do you inject glutathione or do you do liposomal? Just liposomal in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Rectally, I, right? If they had it, yeah. Would why you? Not? What do no, you mean? Not rectally? every morning. You can I mean, that's glutathione up your butt. I have no idea. I mean, people are putting all kinds of things up their yeah, butts. Yeah, suppositories. You've never been a suppository? No, let's talk about it. I know people who like drink, take coffee up their butts. Coffee well, that's a coffee enema. Yeah. yeah. What do you put up your butt? In fraternities and I've tried. I've tried NAD. Like uh, in your butt, butt hole. Yeah. This this guy that I know, he sells a um, NAD suppository. He's Didn't, like, I'll try this. Wow, fascinating. Yeah. And you did it. Yeah, it was it was okay. I kind of prefer the NAD. I like the like insulin injection. Yeah, I like the NAD shots. Yeah. I did one two days ago. Do you feel weird afterwards? Of course. The head rush? I get this weird like buzzing in my body. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it. This, they say that it wherever it's buzzing is where you need the most help in your cells. Oh my God. So if yours buzzing in your head, then maybe it's more like brain type oh. stuff, potentially. Mine always goes to my stomach, so and I know my stomach's my weak link.
So fall is around the corner. I'm already seeing the pumpkin drinks everywhere, the pumpkin decor, the pumpkin everything. And that means it's back to school, back to the office for some people, which means a whole new wardrobe. And that's where Ibotta comes in. Your closet shouldn't be the only thing growing when you make those purchases. Now you can also watch your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that won't amount to that much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code POW, P-O-W, when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code POW, P-O-W. That's Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store and use code POW, P-O-W. I highly recommend you guys try this. I think with this new season coming up and all the purchases everyone's making, it's highly worth checking out and I know you'll really enjoy it. So all the girlies on TikTok are talking about capsule wardrobe, which basically means having a few iconic pieces that you can really pair and style with absolutely anything. It's classic timeless pieces that you can reach for during any season. And this is where I found quince. Quince creates timeless classics that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever, which makes putting together outfits way easier. I know fall is around the corner and we're all starting to look for those fall items. I'm already buying jackets and thinking about what I want to wear in New York in October. Quince has all the capsule wardrobes must-haves, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, suede and leather jackets, silk blouses and dressing and dresses. Here's the kicker. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics, which we absolutely love. I highly recommend checking it out, guys. I'm on the website right now and there's such cute pieces. I have a few already and I can't wait to add more. I really want to have like a very classic mature wardrobe this fall. So I can't wait to have my capsule wardrobe like the TikTok girlies. Take the drama out of planning an outfit and upgrade your closet with Quince today. Go to quince.com slash pow, P-O-W, for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash pow and get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash pow. I always get asked about how I stay healthy while traveling and it really is a challenge, but I feel like I've gotten into a groove where it isn't as hard for me anymore. I just find ways of incorporating walking, drinking enough water, eating well, and this is where we found Westin Hotels. We've actually used them for the team. We traveled to Coachella this past year and the whole team stayed in the Westin Hotels. And with over 200 destinations around the world, Western hotels make it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. You can work out the way you want with a variety of fitness options to keep your wellness routine on track while you're away. You can maintain focus in Western workout fitness studios equipped with state-of-the-art equipment. I know hotel gyms aren't always the best, but I can say 
from experience, these are amazing and you can really replicate the same workouts you're doing at home. You can eat well with Weston's Eat Well menu designed with foods that make sure you're meeting your nutritional needs. Western chefs have crafted dishes with your well-being in mind. You can choose what's right for you and your desired portion size and nutritional balance. And most importantly, in my opinion, you can sleep well and recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed. I think sleep absolutely affects everything else and making sure we're sleeping well while traveling is super important as well. At Western Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well, so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next day at Western. Let's talk about gut health for a second, because you've had a lot of gut health issues, and I know you talk about gut health. Let's talk about ways that Max people- Max is like a iron stomach, that guy. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, but you talk have about you, gut health. Yeah, you, you don't have any issues. You've never no, really I've had never issues. Had, no, no, no. You won't eat like inflammatory stuff either. It's not like you'll chow down on a sandwich with a bunch of wheat. So, what would you guys say are some things people at home can do to improve their gut health? Oh man, so many things. A lot of the things that fixed my gut were to think of my gut as more of an injured part of my body. So, like, what do you do when your your hamstring's injured? You need to rest it. So same thing with the gut, like if the gut needs rest, the last thing you want to do is be eating a ton of hard to digest foods. Such as? Such as like raw vegetables that have a lot of like cellulose when we don't have cellulase enzyme to break down the cellulose. So it's just turning into this, all this roughage that could potentially be good for somebody that wants to have a lot of fiber and be full faster. But for someone that has a gut issues, it's like the last thing you'd want to do is eat a lot of like, you know, cruciferous vegetables raw like broccoli brussels sprouts cauliflower kale especially kale lots of nuts and seeds in your diet because those are hard to break down there's also a lot of phytic acid like there's so many different inflammatory things that could be happening when you have a plethora of different foods that you might think are considered health foods but you're going through a different type of lifestyle at the time than somebody that's just has great gut health you know so you got to think about it differently because i was doing all the wrong things when my gut was really destroyed at the time and then when I started kind of listening to myself, me like, okay, let's just keep it simple. Uh, things that I was scared of for a long time, like white rice, because the carbs. I started eating white rice and feeling so much better. I was getting like energy from it and like it didn't hurt my stomach. It was easy to break down. So like simple carbohydrates that were easy to break down, simple proteins that were easy to break down, eating more fruit, cleansing kind of like items like that. But I thought like, oh my God, the sugar, like don't do that. Like everything that I thought I should not be doing, I started doing instead. Mm. And I started to feel so much better. Not eating like tons of fat in each meal, especially the ones that are slower fats, like more of the vegetable family fats are actually slower metabolically than something like butter or meat, you know, the fat from meat. If you're eating two avocados a day, that's pretty slow digesting food. So I kind of cut out a lot of these foods and that was like the first step that really helped my gut feel a lot better. And then I started introducing things that I knew I had to kill some pathogens off. So certain things that were good, like antifungals, antibacterials, Paude Arco was something that was really good at the time for me because it was pretty mild in nature. I didn't want to have these like crazy die off symptoms. What is that? It's a bark hmm. and it's uh, really good for like candida overgrowth. 
Got it. So you can take it in pill form. It's actually very cheap, very effective. Uh, and no, there's other certain types of antifungals that are great. Uh, something like oregano oil would always stir me up way too much. So I kind of had to pull back on that one. But it's good garlic, you know, sometimes people do well on those kind of supplements. And then I moved into like spore-based probiotics and things that actually got to my small intestine where I was having issues as opposed to, I was always getting probiotics from the store that were in the refrigerator. And it's like, I should have thought about it. If they're in the refrigerator, how, how well they're going to do in my hot system inside mm -hmm. my body? Probably not well. Probably get killed by my stomach acid right away. Yeah. They don't work but it's good marketing, right? So learning, getting into this, the learning about certain companies that make spore-based probiotics like Just Thrive, Microbiome Labs, that really helped. And then also realizing that a lot of my issues stemmed from having leaky gut syndrome. So learning certain supplements and tools to rest my system, heal my gut lining and permeability that was probably way bigger than it should have been. And that, you know, got me into like the colostrum world and glutamine and some of these amino acids like proline and glycine that really helped to like seal the gut lining uh, that are in some cool supplements. It's a dance when you're gut, because if you're if you're listening and you have gut issues, you know, there's like this weird dance where you do some stuff, then you feel like shit for a second, then you pull back and then you do some other things and you feel good and and you think you're OK. And then you start eating some like foods that you're not used to eating again and all of a sudden everything's back. Mm. The gut is just so sensitive. And when you have debilitated it in that kind of like fashion, it takes a while, you know, maybe years to really get back to feeling better. And it took me a long time, but you know, there was a lot of different things that I tried and now I kind of live that lifestyle on a daily basis. Like I won't eat gluten. I don't drink alcohol. I, I, I kind of stay away from all the inflammatory things that I know would upset my stomach and potentially cause me to have like a flare up in some kind of way and be right back where I started, where I had, you know, more severe gut issues than I do now. I'm pro I feel like 98% now. Like every once in a while, I'm like, oh, what was that? Like, mm -hmm. But it's become but, a lifestyle to where it's not such an effort every day. Yeah, it's become a lifestyle that I enjoy. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's certain foods that I really love to eat on a regular basis and I know they make me feel good. Mm -hmm. And that's my number one is to feel good every day. So I just don't do the other things that I know, like next day I'm going to wake up and just feel horrible. What are your views on colostrum? Because colostrum's really having a moment right now and I'm seeing it marketed as like this cure-all supplement. And I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, I had the founder of a colostrum company on my on my podcast, and she also happens to have a medical background. So I thought it was a really cool person to to get the skinny on on this product that everybody seems to be talking about. I think it makes sense that it would have immunomodulating bioactives in it. So I I've been experimenting with it, taking it for the impact that it could potentially have on immune function. I've been actually giving it to my cat. Mm. Who ha who suffers from chronic upper respiratory infections? Delilah. Delilah, yeah, she has. Sorry, Delilah, I'm gonna have to out you, but she has feline herpes, mm. and so yeah. I'm have to out you. Yeah. She's listening to this right now, screaming. <laughs> <No>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor Delilah. Poor, poor D money. It's very common in cats. It's super contagious, and they get it from usually the whatever kennels, you know. Can they transfer it to humans prior to be being adopted? <laughs> no, they can't. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you're good then. It's very different. It's an upper respiratory thing. It's like a it's like a respiratory thing. 
and oh it changed. i got it yeah but it leaves her vulnerable to chronic secondary bacterial infections so she's always going to have this herpes but it flares up and when it flares up she's just sneezing and blowing boogers all over the house it's like really gross adorable but very gross and so i've been giving her i've been mixing colostrum into her food and it seems to be keeping the infections at bay is completely an anecdote i don't you know have any i don't want to make any crazy claims but i've been just at wit's end trying to figure out how to like prevent these these chronic infections for her and so i think yeah i think the research is interesting on it i don't have any dog in the fight but i've been experimenting with it and the science seems sound although there's not a ton of it and uh and yeah, and bodybuilders, right, have been using it for, for a long time for its yeah, potentially it's, anabolic effects. No, I think it's a obviously an amazing nutrient. I mean, it's the first milking that a newborn calf gets from their mother. You know, it's the breast milk, human breast milk and, you know, cow's milk, the, the first milking, its main job when it's being given to the calf in that moment is, from my research, is when you know, the fetus is inside and it's getting nutrients from the mother through the placenta, the gut wall is actually perforated. So it, it can allow for nutrients to pass through. So when you get out of the womb, you don't want to have a perforated gut because now it's like you're not getting nutrients that way, right? So the, the colostrum that you get is supposed to seal that up, mm. which is why people take it now for leaky gut stuff because it has certain growth factors and amino acids that help seal that back up so that you have a tight wall junction gut wall instead of something that can seep through into the bloodstream and you're good. But a lot of people grew up that they didn't get breastfed. They got formula right away. And then they realized years later that it's one of the main reasons they have all these gut issues because their gut never got sealed back up. So they've always had different allergies or you could get, you know, more susceptible to certain chronic illnesses and autoimmune stuff because of that. So I think that's like, a really amazing thing about colostrum and I think the growth factors is a big reason why a lot of people in the fitness industry are taking it because it helps it's supposed to be considered in Chinese medicine it's like the yin form of like growth hormone whereas like deer antler is the yang form so like together I had a, a friend that was like obsessed with elk velvet or deer antler and colostrum and he would pair them together and had people all over the country like getting it from him and and doing this like years ago and it's a definitely gives you an edge in terms of that i just put it straight into my mouth i think it i mean part of it is that i think it tastes really good on its yeah. own there's also such a little amount that you get in these like little jars that everybody's selling because it is pricier than just like selling your milk powder are you guys taking it in a powder form or a capsule powder i just put I it would, straight I into would, my mouth yeah oh, i wow. take like a lot at a time okay and like, is it considered dairy or not it's dairy, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. And you enjoy it. What brand is your favorite? My my favorite brand is Equip Foods. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't personally speak to any objective with 100% certainty benefits that I've, that I've seen from it, but I think the science is super interesting and I think it's probably worth a shot, particularly if you have gut issues and... I had the the founder of Armra on my podcast, and they have since become a sponsor. So I just want to put that disclosure out there. But, but yeah, I've been using it because I have it, and uh, and I enjoy it. I see them everywhere. I want to ask you guys about peptides. Either of you use peptides slash? Can you define peptides for us? A peptide is a protein. Yeah. But, so, but the ones that we're talking about, it's like a sequence. 
a right. chain, like a, basically a message. The injectables or the orals that, getting, that people are taking to enhance recovery, to enhance gut yeah. health. Yeah. What do you guys think? Not my wheelhouse. I mean, I've tried, first of all, semaglutide is a peptide, which Ozempic is. Oh, so Ozempic is a peptide. And so is insulin, apparently, is a peptide. Oh, I didn't know that. So peptides are super, super common, but now they're being used for, I think the most common of them are growth hormone secretagogues, which basically you inject or you can take orally that stimulate the release of your own growth hormone, which can help support collagenous tissue in the body, tendon health and things like that, joint health and stuff. Recovery time. Recovery time, et cetera. There are some that purport to benefit gut health. So there's like a whole menu now of, of available peptides. And I think the the research on them is is interesting, but yeah, not my, not my wheelhouse. Yeah, it's kind of a new world, definitely in the bodybuilding world too. A lot of people at the gym are using certain peptides. You can even get peptides that are like specifically like IGF-1, like growth factor peptides. Mm. But the most common ones that people are using are like BPC-157, like TB-500, CJC epimoralin. Like these are like some growth hormone secretagogues like Max was saying, but also something like BPC-157. I've used plenty of times for more of the oral for gut stuff because it stands for body protection compound and the, the BPC-157 is actually from... Uh, which is kind of weird, but human gastric juice. That's how they extract. That's how they make it. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. I, I'm using it right now. You got the pills? Yeah. Where'd you, where'd you? From a pharmacy, yeah. From a pharmacy, yeah. So like pharmaceutical grade BPC-157, it's like helps with overall systemic inflammation, brings that down. It's amazing as the pill for overall like leaky gut syndrome and gut health, brings that inflammation down, also helps like keep all your immune function and antibodies like balanced so that you're not getting this overreaction mm. in your system because when your gut's inflamed like you can start develop certain overreactive type like autoimmune s- uh, situation as well so that's why i think ppc 157 is amazing and i've used it as the pill i've only used it i've injected it once tried it i didn't love it mm. i think the pill is like for me uh where it's at I haven't used it in a while but i would i would go back to it because i think that there is a number of benefits that it has and they really haven't shown like that there's too many different side effects. Obviously these things are kind of new to humans, but for the most part, I feel like a lot of these things that are, that do really, really well and that really help us are things that like certain industries want to shut down because right. they help us heal And just faster. to be clear, peptides are legal. Yeah. Correct. Pharmaceutically, yeah, they, yeah, they're legal. Yeah, you can even get them online. Like, I don't know how good the certain sources are when mm-hmm. you just go direct to the source. I would go through a company, like get blood work, understand what you're doing, and then have the them prescribe and like get it sent from a pharmacy for sure. A lot of these optimal doctors mm. have them. So I think that's where I got ours. Okay, last question is about male mental health. Oh, cool. This is a female audience for the most part and we talk a lot about body positivity body dysmorphia things of that topic i don't see a lot of men talking about that topic and i'm curious in the health industry as men do you guys feel a certain level of pressure to look a certain way do you feel any toxicity in that environment and how do you deal with it yeah i mean i thankfully don't feel a ton of pressure because my (laughs) personal brand i mean i hate using that term but it's really never been about showing myself shirtless or 
or even influencing for that matter. I mean, I'm primarily a journalist and an author and, and the podcast has sort of come as a secondary outlet for me, but people that are shirtless on there all the time are so cringe, huh? <laughs> so cringe. Yeah. Hot Crosby. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll, I'll post the occasional thirst trap. Why not? You know, I'm not, I'm not above it. I'm not above it. It's but, usually a mere selfie. Well, I also think I'm not particularly genetically gifted. I'm not an athlete, as we talked about earlier in the episode. And so for me, I really do work very hard for the mental health benefits that I see from the gym, but also my physique and feeling good and essentially looking and feeling like an athlete, even though I'm not an athlete. You know, I'm. I can I'm, attest that Max has gotten in amazing shape yeah, you look since great, I know Max. him. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. No, so I put in I put in a lot of work and I try to take a really like evidence based, science based approach to my to my training and whatnot. But no, mental health is a huge portion of it. And you really have to get your mental health right. I mean, obviously training and good nutrition can all be supportive, can all be an adjunct to good mental health. And there's a growing body of research showing that, you know, diet can actually be used as a treatment modality for, for mental health <clears throat> issues, right? It's not a cure-all and it certainly isn't going to be applicable to every single person. But then also conversely, I think, you know, by really focusing specifically on your mental health, that's going to be what's going to help you to sustain these healthy habits that are going to, that create that feedback loop that ultimately are what lead to these long-term changes, both in your physique and your health ultimately. And so for me, I think therapy personally has played a, a big role in that. It took me 30 something years to, to see a therapist because it can be hard to find the right therapist. It can be expensive, but seeing a therapist for me was really helpful in terms of understanding where some of the, for example, issues that I have in relationships comes from and really getting to put those under the magnifying glass. I think developing a healthy, healthier relationship with social media is really important. I think we underappreciate the detrimental effects that chronic social media use can have on mental health. And I, you know, as somebody with a, with a platform like, like you, like Crosby, but even if you don't have a platform, like we live in a, a really weird time where the marketplace has now become globalized in the sense that you can be essentially a civilian and put something crazy online and then and suddenly fall under the scrutiny of the entire universe, it seems. And so having a healthy relationship with that and realizing that social media isn't real life, I think can be can be really helpful. And continually reminding yourself that the most important things in life are you know, sometimes require a bit of attention. You've got to like water the flowers in your life, so to speak, and fostering those relationships, whether it's with your friends or your family, loved ones, I think all can go a really long way towards helping facilitate good mental health, which is so important today. I love that. Yeah, Crosby, agreed. You are, you're in the modeling industry mm -hmm. and I think you act a little bit as well. How about you in terms of body image? Yeah, the modeling thing is not as serious as it used to be, but it definitely was tough back in the day like in my in my mid-20s when I was in New York and London and lot and modeling more often I definitely had body dysmorphia I was way too skinny I look back on photos and I'm like how was that me and how did I not realize that you know now but the industry it's like really easy to fall trap into that world uh, especially when in it, when it comes to like pictures and being on camera you actually do look a little differently and so like everybody's trying to get as lean and cut as possible to have that like great image because I did a lot more like underwear and like body stuff so I was always trying to be the leanest I could be and I got to a point where I got way too skinny 
So when I built my body back up and I started to feel healthier and stronger and more fit and more muscular, I was like, oh, I wish I would have been like this then because that was actually what was being booked too anyways, mm -hmm. was the more like masculine, muscular, fit guy. And now it's kind of completely the opposite where we, it's weird. We now live in a world where like being overly muscular or like too fit is kind of like weirdly like a turnoff. Yeah, they're not into it anymore. Well, yeah, women aren't into, men are into it. Mm. Men to men love it. You know, women aren't really, I mean, I it feels speak, very niche. It's very niche. I shouldn't speak for all women, but I feel like there is, uh, there has been kind of like a shift in yeah. what is attractive to women. And I sometimes feel like because I am very fit, I sometimes feel self-conscious about that because now I'm like, and it's not easy meeting women a lot of the time. And I feel like I don't know what it is. And sometimes the people that I'm meeting are maybe not as attuned with their like health and fitness and lifestyle. And then they see me and they're like, that's like, he's obsessed with all of that kind of thing. But it's more because I just really enjoy feeling good and feeling good in my body and feeling strong and feeling like able and, and, and can go like lift weights whenever I want or go play volleyball on the weekend or like go do, you know, things with friends and, and go hiking and just feel good all the time. And I don't, you know, the, I don't mind having like being in shape myself. Like it's great. I love it. But I think that there's been some like weird kind of shift where it's like not really in like mm -hmm. back in like the Arnold days. It's like, that's all it was. Also yeah. you have the media saying things like fitness well, is that's now kind the of what I'm kind of getting right, at. right wing extremists, yeah, exactly. you know, which not a political, it's not like, cool wherever you happen it's to be like, it's yeah, there's Bad. this. It's considered weird. <laughs> I think it's yeah. considered yeah. weird to be a bodybuilder a little bit, which has been interesting because yeah. I, when I first met Greg, or just be into fitness in general, like right. extremely into fitness. Like you're, I mean, there's weird articles nowadays that are being pumped that it's not cool to be fit and to be healthy, but it's like in to not be. But I think what you said is so true. It gives you a level of freedom that other people don't have. Right. You can hike. You can swim. You can have energy the whole day. I think it gives you a level of freedom that other people may not experience. And that makes it worth the discipline you have to implement throughout the day. Agreed. And it's also great to meet a partner. I think that's into that with you. Greg and I are both super health obsessed and it has just made it so much more fun for mm. us. Yeah, that's awesome. That's kind of where it's at now. Like finding that person that's similar in your health world. Like well, I don't meet people when I go out. I don't go out really. So it's like, which is what most people are doing yeah. to meet other people. It's like a day meet. Yeah. A cute day meet. It's like a grocery store meet or like a gym meet. Or yeah, like you, <laughs> you're you going to find your person at Air One, I think. Because that's where you <laughs> are 90% of the time. That's true. Crosby's there 90% of the time, true. Of yeah, the time for sure. <laughs> On that topic, I have a rapid fire fan Q&A. Oh, my God. And the first question is, are either of you single, LOL? Oh, wow. <laughs> I kind of knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Yeah, I'm single. I've been single for some time. Yeah. Happily single, but yeah. Yeah, same. Both happily single, like you're not looking. Well, I'm not necessarily. We have I'm not necessarily looking to be in a relationship per se, but I I think it would be nice at this stage to have like a crush, you know, which I haven't had in a, in a while. Well, the girls yeah. are asking, so yeah, maybe this well, will go have, out. We have DMs, you know. They have DMs. <laughs> it's open. <laughs> Guys, the DMs are open. Good luck with that. The DMs are open. Having fun with that one. Here's the here's the funny thing though. So oftentimes I feel like a, 
whenever somebody will DM, their profile is private. I'm like, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> you know? Why don't you follow them? If you're going to DM, because I don't just follow like people that I, I, I don't know. I don't even follow everybody that I know, you know, for because I, it's just too much. But normal people have private accounts, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, think we're the I, weird ones. The exception? Yeah. Yeah. I think you should follow back. Interesting. Are you saying that you don't get to know but what then they I'd, look like fully? I have from to the... follow back so many people. Oh, that's a flex. You know? I mean, it's like, what am I supposed to do? But really, if you're going to slide in, I think you should make make your profile public. Okay. Is that you, too much You to heard it here. If you guys DM Crosby and Max, you have to have a public account. Yeah. Co cookie your health questions first. I'm not going to follow back. <laughs> just kidding. Based on like By a, the way, I mean, are we going to, we got to eat some. I know. Crosby I brought, brought his healthy stuff. baked goods and we're going to yeah. try some. Okay, Let's cool. try them at the end. Great. Um, but if you guys get in relationships, I'm going to take credit. Deal. Cool. You can officiate yeah. the wedding. One thing everyone should eat more of and one thing everyone should eliminate. Oh man. One thing everybody should eat more of. Well... I don't, I think everybody, you know, everybody's different. There's no one size fits all diet, but I will say that I think lean red meat is a superfood, particularly if grass fed, grass finished. And I know a lot of people, particularly women who would be well suited to eat more red meat. Less of what? What should Less we eliminate? Less of, ooh. I mean, I could say something boring like ultra processed foods that everybody's talking about. I think like ref refined grain products, you know, like wheat-based snacks, things like that. No more wheat. I'd have to say, in kind of like counterbalance of Max's red meat, eat more glycine-rich foods. Mm. Because I think that as a culture, we eat a lot of muscle meat. And muscle meat has a high amount of methionine, as Max pronounced for me properly earlier. <laughs> and uh, glycine-rich foods are like collagen, the ligaments and tendons, you know, gelatinous things, uh, as well as organs and, and tendons and those kind of things. So like more organ meats, but also like consuming collagen with your muscle meat proteins or having like a glycine supplement. I really love taking my glycine on a regular basis because it tastes good too. It's like very sweet. So I'd say high, high, get more high glycine foods in your diet to like balance the muscle meats that you're eating, especially if you're a meat eater. And then for consuming less of, I'd have to say going back to kind of the fibrous stuff, like these like candies that are super high. Everybody loves these like gummy candies and they don't realize there's literally 20 something grams of annulin fiber per package. Like so a smart you, sweet. Smart sweet. So if you eat a whole like gummy smart sweet bag, you're getting 24 grams of annulin fiber from chicory root or whatever. That's going to absolutely wreck your stomach for that day and could potentially be contributing to you know issues down the line with like SIBO and those kind of things. So I would definitely kind of veer clear of the high fiber, sugar-free sweets. Love it. Seed oils, how bad are they? I think we know they're bad, but like, I want to hear your take. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not a fan of seed oils, but I do think that the pendulum has really swung in now in the direction of people thinking that they're the sole source of all of our problems. And... I have to concede that if you're hyper-focusing on seed oils, you're probably missing the big picture. I think for most people, it's it's not necessarily going to be that that's the problem. It's going to be the overconsumption of the of ultra-processed foods, which typically contain them. If you've 
you know, when it comes to the oils that you're bringing into your own home, I don't think that there should be any reason, look, unless you're absolutely broke and it's all you have access to, but even then I wouldn't, there's no necessity for them. I would say the primary oil that should be used based on the evidence as well as my own sort of perspective on this should be extra virgin olive oil, which ton of research supporting its, its use, not just for cooking. A lot of people wrongly believe that you're not supposed to cook with it. You can cook with it at low to medium temperatures, but also the polyphenols that it contains, these plant, you know, anti-inflammatory compounds, as well as, as its fatty acid profile. It's like the healthiest oil you can, you can ingest. I'm not a fan of seed oils, but I do think that, you know, a lot of people now on social media pointing a finger at them, claiming that they are the smoking gun for all of our health ills. I think that's a bit misguided. Yeah, I agree with Max and a lot of that. I think that it's really just being aware of the products you're eating on a regular basis. And if you are even going to like healthy places and diving into something seed oil rich every day, at some point, it's definitely going to affect you because of the ratio of like omega-6 to 3 and and the type of inflammation that linoleic acid has on the body. But like if it sneaks into your meal here and there, like I don't think it's going to kill you, you know? But yeah, for the most part, I avoid that type of oil also just because we get plenty of that type of fat, like omega-6 fat and even the animal proteins that we eat too. Mm. Like it's in meat, it's in eggs. Like it's not in like high concentrations. Obviously there's better saturated fats and stuff in them as well. But like, I think that creating like a more balanced ratio, like, and like you said, I go to Erewhon on a regular basis. Like I've actually never probably tried it once cause I don't like Buffalo sauce in general, but I would never eat the Buffalo cauliflower there. I don't eat them. It's deep fried in rice bran oil. And if you're eating that every day as your main side, at some point, it's probably not going to be very good yeah. for your metabolism, your system, your body composition, overall, like health in, in general. So that's kind of where I would talk about like drawing the line is like the consistency of having these things and also realizing that they're in a lot of health foods. Like it's like sunflower seed, sunflower oil for in, in uh, for instance is actually higher in linoleic acid than canola oil but people don't realize that mm -hmm. they think canola oil is like the you know the evil of all of them sunflower is actually higher and it's in tons of health foods well you can find high oleic <laughs> sunflower oil which i think is pretty benign but a lot of the company there nobody's using that yeah i mean so, some people some people are you just have to look on the ingredients list and if it says high oleic then because oleic is a mono, Better oleic than, acid yeah, is mono. a monounsaturated fat. So high oleic sunflower oil actually has like a, a fatty acid profile that looks more like avocado oil than soybean oil, which is largely yeah. polyunsaturated. Right. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with polyunsaturated fats in whole foods at all. Like I think nuts and seeds are great. I think fatty fish is loaded with polyunsaturated right. fats. Totally great. Within the food matrix, they're protected by antioxidants. And so they're totally fine. The issue is when you get these these oils that are extracted from the food matrix, which is, you know, the case for soybean oil, corn oil, canola oil, and the like. They're exposed to high heat. They undergo intensive processing, and then they're essentially processed again when they're heated in the restaurant setting and used to fry foods in. That those delicate fats then essentially oxidize and mutate, and all these oxidative byproducts are created, which are potentially harmful. So. I think the worst form in which they come in is in the fryer setting. And I, and I don't know any nutrition expert 
who advocates for consuming more fried food. It's usually less fried food. And, uh, and so that's, I think, the area where people should really be vigilant to minimize their consumption. I mean, some fries here and there, no big deal, but it's really like the, the, the restaurant fryer setting is where these oils really become particularly pernicious. When you guys do drink alcohol, what's the drink of choice? You never, I, I actually I drink, drink occasionally. Yeah. I don't drink at all. But do you smoke weed or do mushrooms or anything? Yeah, the occasional mushroom, chocolate, for I'm sure. Not even mushroom here. Yeah. Yeah, like that's California fine. sober. I every <laughs> once in a while, back in the day, I would smoke weed, but I, it doesn't agree with me. Mm. Weed, I just feel like very lethargic and hungry, spacey, and yeah, it's like my humor is different at the time, and I'm maybe a little more giggly, but like it's not worth it for me. But mushrooms, I think, are great. Yeah, I'm a big fan of a little yeah. microdose a little here and there. Microdose, a slight little macrodose here and there. Slight macrodose on the yeah. beach. Why uh, not? Why not? Yeah. More micro for me. I, I love mushrooms. Weed, I can't stand. I don't like what my mind becomes under the influence of, of THC. And then alcohol, I mean, I drink very rarely. I would say like once a month, if that. But usually it'll be like a clear spirit, like a tequila or a a good low sugar red wine. We work with a brand called Dry Farm Wines. Oh, I'm the biggest fan of them. Oh yeah, you had Todd on. I love recently. them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, the wine's amazing. We're not even sponsored by them, but they just, they'll, they'll hook us up with wine. I'm and not I either. Really... I talk about them on every episode, I swear. Yeah, they're great. Good wine. Yeah, love them. Fantastic guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Please tell us where they can find you online. Where can they listen to the show? Where can they buy the baked goods? So I'm very active on Instagram at Max Lugavere, L-U-G-A-V-E-R-E. And my podcast is called The Genius Life. So come and say, what's up? Mari is, has been on it. And uh, yeah, The Genius Life on all podcast platforms. It's a great podcast. I've been on plenty of times. Yeah, you have? Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great podcast. You can find me. I'm mostly on Instagram as well, at Crosby Taylor, T-A-I-L-O-R. Uh, and then my company, Crosby'sBakingCo.com, where I sell my cookie mixes, gluten, grain, refined sugar-free cookie mixes, and we'll start selling some of my ready-to-eat products like Blondie's. We're going to move into creating a whole line from the mixes, everything from like brownie, pancake, like all the good stuff. And uh, hopefully I'll expand to some farmer's markets around town and, and retails here soon too, but you can still order the mixes crosbysbaconco.com amazing and they're delicious Fee and I are a huge fan thank you guys so much thank you thank you you're the best thank you for listening to today's episode go comment on my last Instagram at Mari Llewellyn with the guest you want to see next I'll be picking one person from the comments to send our bloom greens to make sure you hit follow so you never miss my weekly episodes if you enjoyed the conversation be sure to share and leave a review see you next week Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.